Welcome to Locked On NFL, your number one daily podcast on the National Football League, on the number one daily sports podcast network. Today's episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code Locked On, you'll get $10 off your first order. Okay, Matt, it's another week and it's another set of news involving COVID-19, and we're hearing more and more cases of this affecting players and teams. And on the college front, it seems to be a little bit more of a problem as those teams get together and a group of players for Clemson tested positive for coronavirus. Uh, Last week, it was Zeke Elliott and maybe some players in the Texas area, Cowboys and Texans. And now at the end of last week, In Nashville, we talked about Debo Samuel hurting his foot, broken foot, with a group of 49ers that were practicing in Nashville where he got hurt. Now, that Nashville workout getting shut down, everybody getting tested for coronavirus because one unknown 49er player that was involved in those workouts in Nashville has tested positive for coronavirus. And it seems to be that there is some doubt that is starting to creep in just as we had sort of been really confident that the league was going to open up on time. But... As Pro Football Talk is reporting, the league is still highly optimistic, quote unquote, that the 2020 season will go forward as scheduled. But maybe there's less optimism that fans will be present in any games, even in a 50% capacity. Yeah, a lot to unpack there, obviously. I would say generally this is my first bit of negative feel on this in the last month or so. You know, just a lot of cases popping up. Um, but it was good to hear that the league does plan on, or at least thinks that they will still have a season. To your point, I really think there's a less chance than ever that there are going to be fans in the stands. I mean, I, I think that's probably going to take a step back on its progress. So I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like a couple people, not that I'm tied in or anything, but I, I, I do have the feeling that having a regular season is a little more in jeopardy than I felt two, three weeks ago. I also think, and I'm not making light of the situation, but when I heard Zeke got it, or when I heard Clemson had 30 people that got it, I immediately thought, boy, I should put a bet on Clemson to win the national title. They'll all be healthy in November when other teams are getting it, you know, and, or I want Zeke Elliott on my roster because he'll be healthy by the start of the season for fantasy. And you know he's not going to get it during the season. Or you think. That's the other problem. You don't quite know. And, I mean, if 30 players on a team get it, are they all just going to skate right through? And and then are are they for sure not able to get it again? There's still some things we don't know about. And, you know, long-term health ramifications for players who do get it. So um, I would probably not hope that my, you know, if I'm a fan of a team, I'd probably not necessarily hope that my uh, the players on the team I root for get this thing before training camp happens because we still don't know the long-term effects of even you know someone who's really asymptomatic or mostly asymptomatic, and that that's where things get a little bit dicey because how how ready is the league to push through this with a lot of people getting cases and then potentially someone gets a bad case and you know in the worst case scenario is there's death involved in the football family so th- there's still a lot of questions there that the league has to figure out. It's interesting. First of all, belated Father's Day to all, and yes. both of us are fathers. That's great. Today after today, one of my Father's Day traditions now for like the last 10 years is I go see my dad and we do family things. And then about eight o'clock, I meet up with my three best buds that are still all local from 
high school and we put back some drinks and reflect on the year and all that good stuff. And one of them's a doctor and we were talking about this Clemson thing. And he's like, it's almost like a chicken pox party. And I'm like, what's a chicken pox party? He's like, it's the idea that you get a bunch of people with chicken pox together. So they all get it, get it out of their system when they're young and they're kind of quarantined already, get that thing out of your system. And I don't know if COVID's the same. Trust me. I've gotten some heat on Twitter. Williamson, you don't know anything about COVID. You should shut up about it. And you're a hundred percent right. I don't, I have this forum. <laughs> so I talk about it, but I'm thinking, you know, along those lines that if people get it and we realize that you only can get it once, maybe we get a big wave and we get it out of our system to some degree. I don't know. I'm just talking. Right. And that, I mean, that's the hope is that these young, healthy football players aren't really susceptible to what the, the, the true downside that this virus can cause people and that they can't get it again once they've already had it. That's the ideal scenario. But obviously uh, we don't know, we're not doctors, you and I. And so we're just reporting on information that we get and, and trying to wade through this and learn about it, just like all the listeners are as we get ready for the season, because we'd love to have some football. But in the end, there's uh, some other things that are more important than sports. And we're learning that right now. This has been a, an interesting summer, the first summer really ever since sports became a major thing in America. And the big four sports over 100 days haven't played this first time ever. So we're in uncharted yeah. territory here. Yeah, and I, I feel like this was just a... The most recent news to me is a setback, I guess, right. is the bottom. Line. With the way things were headed toward very optimistic approach to the season now, okay, mm-hmm. things are spiking up. And there was some expectations that there could be a, a second wave and a flare-up of these things. So we'll see how that goes, and you have to weather this and be smart about it. And we still have a month out until training camp, so uh, there still should be some optimism about the season. You talked about no uh Fans in the stands, media too. I've talked to a few media members and there might not be a press box as normal. There might be a pool reporter that's just giving everybody information. This could be a really odd year for how the league is covered, let alone how it's played. Yeah, and I often talk about my co-host on my Steelers show, Dale Lawley. He's been covering Steelers forever. And his big worry is if things go that direction, everyone's articles are going to be the same. You know, like yes. he has, he has no, no one different. He doesn't do any reporting. I mean, everybody's the same news. He can't dig up scoops, you know, like what makes me different than the other guy. Right. And everyone would just have the same interviews that are probably done right. via zoom conferences. So uh, there's a lot of things to figure out from, and, and even a lot of things that you don't think about, like, okay, how's the media going to get access to this? If they're not letting players around other people, which at this point they probably shouldn't be. And so, yeah, very interesting. Uh, a lot to talk about this. I'm sure tomorrow we show up, we'll get more news about it, and we'll continue covering here because this is the biggest story because to have a football podcast, you've got to have football played, right? So we're... <laughs> right, right. Uh, we are at the will of this whole virus as well, man. Uh, it's crazy times we're living in. I, I do want to tease tomorrow's episode. We're going to have Brad Spielberger. He is one of the folks from overthecap.com, and he's got some really good information on salaries and contracts and we can get deeper into the Dak Prescott stuff there was and Jamal Adams and George Kittle and some of the players that are on franchise tags some players that could potentially hold out so that will be tomorrow's show a couple of bits of news on that point though Dak Prescott this from Pro Football Talk said that he wants to sign a four-year contract 
And the Cowboys want to sign him to a five-year deal. I don't know how hard that's going to be for them to figure it out. If they're going to have to make that fifth year, that you know, $40 million uh, bonus year that we had heard talked about before. But um, Dak Prescott has signed his franchise tender. So we'll ask Brad tomorrow what exactly that means because there was some posturing about the Cowboys were thinking maybe they were going to rescind the franchise tag. And then so Dak quickly sign the franchise tag, but usually players don't want the franchise tag. So if you would rescind it, that would be better. So I don't, I don't know what to what to think about this. So we're going to ask someone who's smarter than us about uh, contract situations to get more info on the Dak Prescott and some other contracts around the league. Really quick, though, uh, on another guy who we don't know where he's going to play, if he's going to hold out, if he's going to get a new contract, Jamal Adams in the New York Jets. He ran into a fan, and he's just kind of cruising in his car. A fan recognized him, and this was the encounter here. I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, This fan, a Cowboys fan, asking if Jamal Adams is coming to Dallas. What's up, bro? Hey! What's up, bro? Hey, you coming to Dallas? (laughs) All right. I'm trying, bro. That was Jamal Adams' response. He's trying to get to Dallas, his hometown. I just thought that was funny, but... um, the interactions, and that's kind of like what Twitter has become now. It's the drive-by, hey, I saw this guy in his car, and he said this to me. And now that's Twitter is yeah. like their ability to be like, oh, yeah, hey, I'm trying, bro. And he's, uh, I think one of the things that set Jamal Adams off last week was an Instagram post with a fan. Um, Jamal Adams has since, since we talked about it last week, added the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to his list of teams he'd like to go to. So now there's eight teams. If you have not been following along, the Bucks are added to the Ravens, Cowboys, Texans, Chiefs, 49ers, Seahawks, and Eagles. I think Eagles is actually a team that uh, should get more credit for a potential landing spot for Jamal Adams than we than we gave credit to last week when we talked about it. When I thought about it a little bit more, I was like, yeah, yeah maybe the Eagles. Maybe that, that NFC East Cowboys-Eagles will be the bidding war for Jamal Adams between those two teams. Who knows? But we, we can talk more about this tomorrow as well. Yeah, and he has some Malcolm Jenkins-like qualities. Uh, real quick, the Bucks make a lot of sense, too. I mean, he is tied in with Todd Bowles, so that makes a lot of sense. Bowles drafted him in New York. And I am very excited for tomorrow. I'm going to have a lot of cap stuff to talk about. I can't wait. Yeah, of course. And we have to talk about the 2021 cap as a league, how that's going right. to look. So Brad's going to have some great information for us on that point on Tuesday's program. Uh, but today we have some more to talk about. I want to. You sent me this, and I thought it was really interesting. It was an ESPN article about quarterbacks and not who's the best quarterback right now this is which franchises in the Super Bowl era have had the best quarterback play in totality so let's let's dig into this thing next Matt have you heard about Built Bar yet you should have if you listen to this podcast Built Bar is a tasty treat it is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar there is 16 fantastic flavors there's Flavors with nuts, flavors without nuts. If you have a nut-free diet, all covered in 100% chocolate. Built Bar is great for everyone, but especially for those health-conscious folks out there, you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. These bars are low in calories, low in sugar, but high in protein and high in fiber. I always talk about my favorite flavor, which is the peanut butter flavor. 20 grams of protein in that one, only 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar. Some flavors, like mint brownie, only 110 calories, 15 grams of protein. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On. you'll get $10 off your first order there. Again, promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. I love this. You sent this to me, Matt, and um, I'm reading it right now. Who well done. 
Was this a, a group effort by ESPN or did a single? That I didn't see. I, I may do a little more study in here, but there, basically the, the gist of what I got out of it was since the Super Bowl era, what team from 1 to 32 has got the best play at the quarterback position? It's not who we're not ranking quarterbacks individually, but obviously the great players have a lot of weight. You know, who had the best i mean it's a guy named doug clausen and i from i'm sorry doug i did not i don't know much about you but i'm dialed into your work now because this is pretty cool and i'm excited to talk about it yeah maybe we'll reach out to doug and have him on the show we can talk more about this kind of stuff but this is really fun yeah so they were judged by quarterback performance overall peak performance and continuity to rank all 32 teams based on how productive their quarterbacks have been in the super bowl era which is 1966 through 2000 19 so uh the 2020 teams don't get credit for uh what what happened now so the buccaneers don't get any tom brady credit but you know who does get tom brady credit the new england patriots who were number one on this list and ah it's based based all on one quarterback which i find very interesting mostly i mean i i haven't read this top to bottom i've looked at it and i originally thought man the patriots ahead of green bay i mean we're talking star Rogers um, Favre or Montana Young with a little bit of Garcia mixed in there. And Jimmy's not so bad if that's your fourth or fifth. But Drew Bledsoe was pretty good. And Steve Grogan wasn't a bad player. Easton wasn't bad from I remember. And Brady, I mean, 20 seasons out of your 50 are Tom Brady, which is mind-boggling the more I think. That's the first I read that, you know, and you put it in the con, you know, just to – one of the things one of the things they put a big deal on is continuity. So this is over what a 50 year stretch and the Browns had 30 different quarterbacks since 1999, you know, <laughs> and the charge, you know, and Brady's done the last 20 by himself. Like I, I see the value in that, obviously. It's pretty darn strong. Immediately when I saw it was the Patriots, I thought, okay, that's putting a lot on one quarterback, but he did play for mm-hmm. a long time. So I was thinking, okay, if we're just comparing it to Montana and young Brady played a better run, about as know? long as both of them combined for the 49ers. Brady's run was 20 years and it's easy to forget how long and how crazy that run was almost 20 years with the Patriots for Tom Brady, all those Super Bowls, and Joe Montana was 1979 late and so basically his run went through the 80s and then passed it off to Steve Young in the 90s who went through the late 90s so it was a very similar time frame and there could be an argument made that Tom Brady was better than both of them combined because of how long he did it and they used some yeah, approximate value but, and I'm probably not gonna have to convince you with this but let's <laughs> right. just play the game that Joe Montana didn't hand it over to Young and he put in 20 years and you know imagine what his resume would look like, which is really the Montana plus young conversation. You know what I mean? Like to me, Montana plus young is greater than Brady. They use some approximate value here. And to sort of to that point, cause I, I mean, when I first heard it, I was like, okay, well, first of all, how can, you know, Tom Brady and, and they mentioned guys like Drew Bledsoe and Steve Grogan. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like they didn't have someone manning the cornerback position in new England, aside from Tom Brady since 1966. But just when it came down through the eras and Montana, Young versus Brady, they use approximate value, which is, a, I think, a pro football reference grade measuring statistics and Pro Bowls mm-hmm. and 
all that stuff. Brady, almost just by himself, when you uh, look at Steve Young's 49ers career, Joe Montana's 49ers career combined approximate value number, 280 total for Brady's career and 304. So Montana and Young still were more productive than just Tom Brady looking at, at that approximate value number. That's just one measure of value for a quarterback. So um, I still, you know, at first I thought, oh, that's crazy having New England up there. But when you consider Bledsoe and some other quarterbacks yeah. they've had, um, and you consider some ups and downs the 49ers have had since then, they've had a couple of Super Bowl runs, didn't win them. Uh, they've had the Jeff Garcia era. They haven't been Browns level aside from Joe Montana and Steve Young. I would still take the 49ers quarterbacks, and I might take some other teams' quarterbacks over the Patriots, but it's not as crazy as I first thought when I saw that the Patriots were number one, although I still would not have the Patriots number one, as amazing as Tom Brady's career had been. Yeah, I mean, it is so dependent on his awesome 20 years, which is two-fifths of this argument, and those other dudes are pretty good. Bledsoe's a really good player, obviously. But, I mean, I don't want to harp this just around your Niners, but they're not second, they're not third, they're not even fourth. And the teams in front of them are pretty darn strong too. But wow, this top five with the Niners, I guess I'll just reveal it. The Colts are above them, which without Unitas holding any weight, I'm not sure if I can go with that. Yep. And Dallas. I hadn't thought of Dallas in this in this light, but Danny White was a really good player. And to me, Danny White is like their fifth best guy in this era behind Staubach, Aikman, Romo, Dak. So that's a pretty darn strong run. And Don Meredith is in there too. Like maybe they, with all respect to Staubach, who's awesome, he might not be at the Montana Brady level, but there's not many down years for the Cowboys. And then of course, Green Bay's in there too. And, and Bart Starr holds a lot of weight with that too. It was interesting because one of the first teams that jumped into my mind was the Colts, but you're right. Johnny, you doesn't, doesn't count, count for this yeah. ranking. So you, you do have Andrew Luck and you have Peyton Manning. So that's two uh, Manning, obviously the one that's really carrying this conversation for the, the Indianapolis Colts. But again, it's very similar to the Brady situation where one guy's really carrying it. And, and I don't know if I wouldn't still take the 49ers, which are right behind them there. And I would definitely, definitely take would. the Cowboys and I would definitely take the Packers. And the more I look at this, um, actually, hold on. Let's, Let's think about this a little bit further. I want to talk Packers, Cowboys, because I, I think that might be one and two on my list. And then we'll talk about some of the worst franchises. Yeah, and uh, there's some there's some bad situations out there. And Man, it is tough to win Horrible without situation. a quarterback. How do you go 50 years without getting really good quarterback play, even accidentally at some point? Folks, I got to admit, I am not very handy. I don't know a lot about cars. I respect people that do. And frankly, I'm very envious because, I mean, the money you can save with a product like rockauto.com and being able to do things yourself and create the exact car you want is something that I would love. I mean, I'm, I, I just don't have that skill set, to be honest with you. And, and rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for your auto and body parts needs from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to fall, you know, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, you get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. 
quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. So go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear us box so they know that we sent you. That'll help us a great deal. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. So the top five, as it is, as the ESPN article ranked it, as Doug ranked it, New England Patriots one, Packers two, Dallas Cowboys three, Colts four. 49ers five and I think that is a clear top five the Seahawks are in there surprisingly actually at number six uh, above some teams like the Saints and the Steelers and uh, the Bengals are actually at number eight which I was surprised a little bit about even though I know they did they had some good quarterback play Um, I just want to go back really to the top really quick and say that for me I mean Packers and Cowboys how are they not one and two going going from having star Favre and Rodgers and that lineage. I mean, that bests the Patriots to me. I think that bests the 49ers just because there's been that third level of Bart Starr to go along with Rodgers and Brett Favre there. And Rodgers isn't done, so maybe, you know, that will carry them to number one from number two on ESPN's rankings uh, once Aaron Rodgers' career is over, just a little bit more longevity because I'm guessing all of these are very close. But the Cowboys, too, to not be ahead of the Patriots, as awesome as Tom Brady has been, and Drew Bledsoe's not nothing, but that's not going to carry as much weight as Aikman, Staubach, Romo, and now Dak. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, I think I would probably go Packers, Cowboys, Niners, Patriots, Colts. And I do think that's a pretty clear top five, don't you? I mean, I'm looking at Seattle at six and going, uh, I mean, people have heard me say, I think Russell Wilson's the best player in the league. But for them to be six is I can't buy that either. I mean, honestly, I'm going to be a homer here. The Steelers at 11 (laughs) behind the Bengals, Seattle. I mean, really all the teams in between there doesn't quite pass the test for me. I mean, Ben and Bradshaw trump Russell Wilson with all respect to Wilson. I totally agree. I mean, that's hard for me to say that. And again, so ESPN's rankings have those teams with one high level quarterback Above all, but it's weird because uh-huh. some other teams that you would consider, I mean, a lot of people would consider Montana alone and, and their run in the 80s enough to be better than, you know, some teams like even the Colts sure. that, that won fewer Super Bowls. So um, that's that's really interesting. And the one that really surprised me was I was scrolling down to find the Steelers and I had to go past the Bengals, the Bengals. Giants. <laughs> right. I mean, come Chargers. on. Chargers. Like, is Rivers better than Ben? And who else do they got? You know? I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine anybody would choose from 1971 when Ken Anderson was drafted. Would you choose the Bengals quarterback situation, knowing it was going to be Ken Anderson, Boomer Esiason over the the Steelers? No, I mean, this, I mean, I, I I hate to bring things up around the Steelers as much as I do on here, but I'm going to, and it's such as life. Cincinnati over them is criminal. Although I know you have a. You stand on the table for Roger Craig to be a Hall of Famer. One of my guys that I stand on the table for is Ken Anderson, but he's not in, and he's not an obvious one. Bradshaw and Ben are Hall of Famers. I think Boomer was a really good quarterback, but they're not. No, there's no Hall of Famers on the list. I mean, I, I don't understand how you could put them ahead of even the Chargers, you know, let alone the Steelers. 
The Chargers is another one. Fouts and Rivers. I'll take that over. Pretty good, right, right. What I saw from the Bengals. Right. The New York Giants is a tough one because they won so many games. Phil Simms era and mm-hmm. Eli Manning era. But I wouldn't take those quarterbacks over some of them behind them. Even the Chargers and uh, the Steelers. At this point, <laughs> it's tough because at this point, knowing who Patrick Mahomes is, uh, like I might take Patrick Mahomes and Lynn Dawson, <laughs> right. knowing how big the gap was in between. And by the way, they had some Joe Montana in there as well for the Kansas City Chiefs. I might take that over some of these other teams that were uh, up in the top ten. Like he carries Vegas. a lot of weight already, right. which is amazing. Yeah. Hey, back to the Giants, real quick though. Like Eli, I mean, uh, you mix in some Kerry Collins. He's a nice stopgap guy. Some of these, you know, compared to like what the Chiefs had or what the Steelers had between Ben and and before Bra- between Bradshaw. But like Sims and Sims plus Eli doesn't equal Ben plus Bradshaw. I think it's a lot closer to Anderson plus Esiason, and it's nowhere near Montana plus Young or you know uh, Manning plus Luck. So I mean those Giants guys. If we were, I mean, I'd rather have Rivers. I'd rather have Rivers than Eli, and I'd much rather have Dan Fouts than Phil Sims. I agree. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I think we're on the same page here. It's an interesting conversation, though. This is really fun. Is. Let's look at the bottom of this list. The bottom so, ones are fun, too. It's pretty bad. I'm surprised the Bears are actually down there with how good some teams and how competitive they've been, but none of their good teams were really led by quarterback play either. Jim McMahon is your best quarterback in that time. That's that's not great. It's not great. And maybe my history is a little you know, skewed because I was 12 when the 85 bears were tearing it up, but I remember him handing it to Walter a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. that was, it wasn't because their quarterback was a dominant player. Like the guys we mentioned at the top of the list, why the bears were winning in the mid eighties. Not that I'm killing McMahon, but if that's your best guy, you know, and the number of first round picks and stuff that they've used at that position and not getting it done. And I don't think it's getting a whole lot better. It's funny this came out today because just last night we were talking about teams like who are the top 20 players on respective teams. And one of my buddies brought up the box. I'm like, well, they got a lot of good defensive players. And then someone asked me and said, who's the best quarterback in Tampa Bay Bucks history? And I kind of went, Doug Williams, Jameis Winston, maybe, you know, it's a bad group. It's interesting because this article has best QB and worst QB during that time. And it's funny because we talk so much about Steve Young with the 49ers. He's listed as the Bucks' worst quarterback. <laughs> a 3-16 a yeah. record, 11 touchdown, touchdown passes to 21 interceptions in those first three years for Steve Young as a Buck before he ended up with the 49ers. He had a really bad start to his career. And, I mean, it, it, there's two lessons to be learned there. First of all, don't write a, a quarterback's you know story right off the bat. Like some of the guys we even talked about at the top, Aikman, Peyton Manning, Bradshaw. I mean, their first year or two was dismal, dismal. And Young's was as bad as any. And, you know, where you land, I always talk about it takes a village to raise a quarterback. I mean, the Bucks were one of the worst organizations in the world back in 1985, where the Niners were the total opposite. And, oh, by the way, what an unbelievable move by Walsh. You know, what an unbelievable move by the Packers to go get Favre, who, you know, give up a first-round pick for these guys, you know, and realize what the potential was there when the whole world already wrote him off. 
Another tie-in here with the Bucks and the 49ers, Jeff Garcia was the last Buccaneers quarterback to lead the Bucks to start a playoff game, which wow. is very interesting. Jeff was our quarterback when I was with the Browns, actually. 2007. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a – just think about it, folks. Who's the best quarterback in Bucks history? Pretty bad. It is bad. Uh, and surprise, the first thing that jumped out to me with this list was who was going to be last was the Cleveland Browns. Two teams actually worse, the Bucks and – the Bears were worse than the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I was interested to see what their worst quarterback was going to be, and they have Tim Couch listed. <laughs> they have Tim Couch listed as their worst quarterback. I would nominate probably Johnny Manziel because of how epically flamed out that situation was, and how few games he played for them. But man, there's so many. There's no shortage of bad quarterbacks there. Brady Quinn and Deshaun Kaiser and Brandon Whedon drafting a 30-year-old quarterback in round one was one of the most obvious. Like, what are you doing moves? And just uh, over and over, the Browns could not figure it out. Best quarterback by far, Bernie Kosar. Yeah, and certainly a good one. I do take a little bit of problem with Couch being their worst. I mean, I remember him having a lot of moments, at least. I mean, some potential. And you got to remember, I mean, this came up a lot when I was with the organization. A lot of people talked highly of Couch, actually. He was gone by the time I got there. You got to remember when this franchise was brought back to the league, they were given like no advantages. I mean, he was on a, like an all time bad team. I mean, even like the Jags and the Panthers, they got, you know, a lot of help from the league as starter teams. The, the Browns did not. This is a fun conversation. Yeah, that that Browns team was one of the worst ever, 1999. Expansion Browns coming back into the league. Uh, right. Tim Couch didn't have much of a shot when you talk about it takes a village. There was no village there. It was... Uh, no, no, that, that was village was one. burned to the ground. Absolutely. So, yeah, I don't agree with him being the worst Browns quarterback either. But Kosar helps them not be last on the list. So, fun list. Uh, I'm glad you brought that to it my is. attention. And that pretty much took up the rest of this podcast i'd love to hear from the I listeners want to throw one out more there. team out if you oh, don't sure, mind super yeah. quick arizona's 29 because it's funny we were talking about them over beers last night and like clearly kurt warner's their best quarterback but for the sake of this i mean he it wasn't like his whole, whole career stopped the bottom top to bottom was a cardinal either you know like you can't give him a ton of weight for that, even though he was really good for a few years. Yes. Yeah. There was just a few short years there where he was even with that franchise and his peak right. was with another team before that anyway. So um, this is fun. Yeah. I, I would love to hear yeah, from the right. listeners. Like uh, what would your, what would be your top three teams there? Do you agree with the new England Patriots? Number one, I think I have them at four or five with the Colts and, mm-hmm. and definitely have the, the Cowboys Packers 49ers at one, two, three for me. Uh, I would love to hear from the listeners, though. At BD Peacock yeah. on Twitter, Matt is at Williamson NFL. You can get in some early Twitter Thursday questions if you would like. And we're set to chat with Brad Spielberger of OverTheCap.com tomorrow. So if there's any questions you want to throw at us that we should put to Brad Spielberger, let us know on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, let us know. And, uh, we'll One be of your back. favorite players is up for a contract. Yeah. You want to know he's worth. Let us yeah, know. Yeah, this will be an interesting... I mean, this we're not out of the woods yet. Even when things get back to normal football-wise, next offseason is going to be another... Another funky one, I think, with that salary cap and how the league figures that out. So we'll talk with Brad tomorrow right here, Locked On NFL.